Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me is Diana Hong and Corey Branson of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This past week was a week of coming home as Canada West Soccer returned to Thunderbird Stadium with a matchup against UNBC in an almost perfect weekend. As well, both rugby teams made their return home with a pair of wins. Football also played their first game of the season in Alberta. That did not go close to perfect. We'll also cover the third golf tournament of the season, the first cross-country meet this year, and a bit of exhibition play. But first, let's talk some soccer. It was indeed an almost perfect weekend for the UBC Thunderbirds soccer teams. Each team played two games against UNBC, and on Saturday, the program celebrated the life of the legendary UBC coach Dick Musher. Here's how those games went. Yeah, the women's team continued their strong start to the season on Friday. It was a one nothing win that was well deserved, or sorry, that while was deserved, was also very close to ending in a tie, as it took until the 89th minute for Catalan Tolnai to score the winner and give you see those three points. Yeah, I was able to be there at the games on Friday for the home opener. It was a lot of fun. It was also frustrating on the Friday game for the women's because the Thunderbirds, they were all over them in the game. Despite the fact that it was 0-0 almost the entire way, UMC only had one or two chances the entire time. Their goalkeeper, Brooke Mulby, was forced to make 16 saves in this game, which is a crazy amount. Yeah, and UBC and UNBC's history with each other has been very one-sided. In fact, this was only the third time ever that the Thunderbirds failed to score multiple goals against them. Got to make them think that they have a chance, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They did score multiple goals in the second game, however, as despite the Timberwolves seizing the initiative on Saturday and generating some good chances early, UBC took back control and took the lead through Tess McRae in the 18th minute. Yeah, it didn't take nearly as long in that second game, even though Moldy in goal for UMBC was very good again. She made seven saves in this game. The second half hero, though, was Danny Mosher, the granddaughter of the late Dick Mosher, who won both a penalty, which was converted by Danielle Steer. And then just a few minutes after that, she assisted Steer for a third goal, made it 3-0, and Steer continues her extremely hot goal-scoring streak to the season. That's now six goals in four yes. games for her. Um, the game finished 3-0 and zero, and zero and pushed the Thunderbirds to 4-0 and oh on the year, keeping them undefeated and without a single goal conceded. It was also the offensive explosion that we had been waiting for from them. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Zero goals conceded yep. in the entire season so far through, I mean, entire season, four games. Yeah. But that's still uh, a very, very good defensive record, and they were great defensively last time out, and they've uh, continued that after the pandemic. Solid start. And you know who the backstop is? You know who's in goal for this team? <laughs> who's in Pride goal? Pride of a High School, Emily Moore. Yes, What Emily. an incredible athlete. What an incredible high school to come from as well. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Are we going to have an Esquimalt High School count for every episode this season? I sure hope so. <laughs> uh, as for the men's team, uh, they got their first win of the season on Friday, also a 1-0 victory, as Tristan Goke's first half goal of a free kick from Nick Fussell was the only one of the night. While it wasn't quite as dominating a performance as the women's team had earlier that night, the Thunderbirds were still definitely in control and walked away, deserved winners. Yeah, they looked to continue their momentum in that second game. And things, they looked 
pretty good as they got the first goal on the board in just the fifth minute through Seb Zakowski before scoring again through Bradley Richardson in the 20th minute and then again through Fussell in the 26th and looked like they were in cruise control at uh, halftime up 3-0. Yeah, uh, disaster struck in the second half, however. Uh, the Timberwolves came out much sharper. They took control. Uh, UBC goalie Bennett McKay having to fight to keep them off the board. And then... <laughs> he couldn't do it forever, though. <laughs> and in the 83rd minute, um, UNBC scored, and then they scored again early in stoppage time, and then they scored again a couple minutes later to tie it and steal the point. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mike, was, it's very unfortunate that we can't have him on the show today because he was at this game. I believe he was standing directly behind one of the goals on the field <laughs> watching all of this unfold. And he, he was messaging us while it was happening, talking about how he couldn't believe what he was seeing. This is unlike anything that he's ever seen. And I mean, especially for this UBC men's team, because they're, they're supposed to be very, very good. <laughs> supposed, <laughs> supposed to be. Supposed to be. Come on, guys. I mean, they scored three goals. They that ain't bad. They're, yes. still, they're still undefeated. Yeah. They're still undefeated, but <laughs> it's only one win in four games, which is definitely not what would be expected of them. Uh coming into the season having one win and three draws. And they're now actually fourth in the Western Division in uh, Canada West. Some teams have played more games than them, but uh, they def- they de- they, we, we definitely expect that they'll pick things up at some point soon because it, it, it is a good team, but just not good when you blow a 3-0 lead in the last 10 minutes or t- <laughs> less than 10 minutes of a game. My, my buddy is an Arsenal fan. And oh. he was watching the game on Sunday. It was the North London Derby, Arsenal and Tottenham. And Arsenal went up 3 nothing in that game. And he said to me, he's like, there's no way we can mess this up. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> Let me we tell did. you about UBC. Yeah. Uh, they did not mess it up. Arsenal won the game 3-1. He was happy, yeah. unlike us Thunderbirds fans here. I'm, me and my, okay. my brother's a Tottenham fan, so Ooh. he was not having a good time. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, Anyway, we'll move on from soccer now here, folks, uh, and move on to golf. It was a tale of split spoils for the UBC golf teams earlier this week at the Warrior Invitational in Lewiston, Idaho. As in their previous tournament, they took home both team titles and an individual title, but those did include a couple of ties. Still, it's another week of trophies as these two teams continue to pulverize the CCC. And speaking of pulverizing, the women's team in the team competition, again, another not even close uh, win for them. They, they've they had blowout wins in all three of their tournaments so far this season. 20 strokes ahead of the Oregon Tech Owls. They had a total team score of plus 16 compared to plus 36 for the Owls. And just same old, same old for this uh, women's team as a collective. In the individual competition, it was Emily Lee recording her second CCC title of the year uh, through a shared honor with, or though a shared honor with OT's Peyton Cannon. Cannon, uh, she's been around pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. She's always been a thorn in the side of the Thunderbirds. She's very, very good for Oregon Tech. Uh, the two winners each shot plus one, with Cannon failing to capitalize on her one-shot lead heading into the final round. Yeah, the Thunderbird women were all over the leaderboard, as you'd expect, when they won the total team score by the amount that they did. There was Una Chow, another uh, golfer who's had a couple of very strong tournaments to start this season. She came fourth with a plus four. And then there was, I'm not sure whether to call it some sort of magical or fantastical Yeah, this uh, is weird. This is weird. <laughs> but there was the other Thunderbirds. There was Elizabeth Labe in seventh with a plus seven 
Sonia Tang in 10th with a plus 10, <laughs> and then Esther Lee in 11th with a plus 11. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> the Thunderbirds, they are very uh, balanced, we, we will say. <laughs> As all things should be. <laughs> As all things should be. Um, in the men's division, the Thunderbirds uh, broke bread with host Louise Clark State as each team uh, shot a six under total score, 15 shots better than third place North Idaho College. Yeah, it was weird. No T-Bird finished better than fifth in the individual event. Again, the high standards that we set here at UBC, we expect better a lot of the time. Um, Ethan DeGraff was there in fifth. Uh, he was two under at the end of the tournament. Russell Howlett was one shot back in the tie for sixth. Dylan McDonald and Mackenzie Bickle were even. Uh, they were tied for ninth. And then Michael Volk rounded out the contingent. He was three over, tied 14th. Not bad, yeah. well, but just not as good as we always expect. Well, it shows the the depth of the team, too, that no one finishes in the top four for the individuals, and then you can still get the first place for the overall standings. Obviously, a tied for first place, but still a first place on the on the record. The MVP at the tournament overall, though, was not a Thunderbird. It was Devin Caruso of Lewis Clark State of the host team. He birdied both of the last two holes, and that was massive as it not only clinched him the individual title for the tournament, but it also won the Warriors uh, the tournament in a tie with the Thunderbirds. It meant that the two teams had the same overall team score. Very clutch performance, and apparently he celebrated with his teammates by jumping into the Lewiston Golf and Country Club's pool after the round while still in all their full golf gear. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. I had to, sometimes when I do these golf reports, I look at what the other schools are writing about the uh, about the performance, about their teams. So I was on the Lewis Clark State's website, and they told that very fun story. So <laughs> felt like we should include that. Great for Devin Caruso. That's an awesome performance. Uh, hopefully the weather down there has been nicer than it's been up here. <laughs> otherwise, I can't imagine that would have been very fun. Maybe it was an indoor pool. We don't know. <laughs> <An> indoor pool. <laughs> All right. The Cascade Collegiate Conference now enters a long hibernation before play resumes in the spring. The Thunderbirds are not finished for the fall, however, as they will play in the second ever Canada West Golf Championships at the Squamish Valley Golf Course starting on Monday. Yeah, the women, no surprise, they won in 2019, so they'll be looking to defend that title, uh, the inaugural title. Uh, the men, they were second place back in 2019. They did lose to the UFE Cascade, so they'll be seeking revenge next week. Best yeah. of luck to both teams. Well, they already had the the UF, was the UFV Invitational a couple weeks ago. And yeah. They, they won that, so hopefully that's a good sign going into uh, this tournament. Definitely. Now moving on to some rugby. We mentioned last week that the Thunderbirds would be heavy favorites against the Alberta Golden Pandas in their home opener. And the women's rugby team absolutely annihilated Alberta. Woo! They won 60 to five, improving to two and zero on the season in this absolute annihilation. <laughs> so while as the women's soccer team against UNBC had to give them a feeling that you know maybe they have a chance, something like that. The women's rugby team has no such empathy, no mercy, <laughs> no, absolutely not. This one was over quickly. Piper Logan scored a try in the second minute, and just over ten minutes in, it was already seventeen to nothing. After a few more tries from Madison Gold and Savannah Botter. Uh, the score was 38 to nothing at halftime and 48 to nothing six minutes into the second half. Alberta then got a try on the board, but UBC tacked on two more to finish the round. Yeah, Botter was the star for the team. She's had a very strong start to the season. She had three tries and four successful conversions in uh, this match. 
Then Emma Feldinger, Shoshana Samanatafa, and Olivia Sarabara also scored tries of their own. This was only the second time since 2013 that the Thunderbirds scored 60 points in the Canada West game. The other was in 2019, also against Alberta, and that was 63 to nothing. So this wasn't as bad, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Imagine. Well, yeah, it was, it was just a little bit closer. It was just a little <laughs> yeah. bit closer. Just, uh, we'll get them next time. <laughs> it, was, it was actually funny when I looked back to see... What like what what their scoring records were in Canada West? Because up until a few years ago, this women's rugby team, they were not doing very well. There's a couple games they lost 70, 80 to nothing yeah. against the likes of Victoria or Calgary. But uh, in the last couple of years, the program has really turned around and become, as shown here and uh, in their first game of the season against Victoria, they become one of the best in Canada West, which is very fun to see. Yeah, hoping to continue this momentum. Next up is a match here at home on Sunday afternoon against Calgary, who are 1-0. The Thunderbirds have only won two of their last 11 matches against the Dinos. Yeah, like I said, not a not a lot of amazing history for this women's rugby team, but hopefully they can get things on track uh, again in their own personal history against Calgary and continue this very strong start to the season. The UBC men's rugby team had their first action of the school year in a clash at home against Trinity Western this past week. That was the first game in the new Coastal Cup, which is a tournament between seven BC teams. The Thunderbirds marked the return to home turf with a 34-13 win. Is that seven college teams? No, it's not seven okay. college teams. It's a mix between uh, college and uh, uh, club teams. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I know that they used to play pretty much almost exclusively club teams back in the... In the regular season. So, uh, like the women's team, the Thunderbirds got off to a fast start in this one, scoring a penalty kick and an Evan Norris try in the first five minutes to take an early 8 nothing lead. Yeah, the two sides then traded points until halftime with UBC up 20-8. to uh, They then extended the lead with Connor Byron scoring a try in the first minute of the second half. And the Spartans could never get close despite scoring one more try. Yeah, the other scorers for UBC in this one were Jacob Bossy, Dylan Hamilton, and Flynn Hayes. They had a very long break in between home games. It was almost two years, I believe. The last home game they played was in their series against Cal Berkeley, all the way all the way back when. Uh, but if you just uh, if you ignore the giant break in between and just look at the last streak of home games, they've won eight in a row at home. They've not lost at home since April of 2019. That's impressive. The Coastal Cup continues here at UBC on Saturday when the Thunderbirds take on Vancouver Wave, a team captained by former UBC player Neil Courtney. They'll look to keep up that home winning streak. Yeah, and um, as you kind of was asking, so the Coastal Cup is a new tournament that includes three university teams, so us, UBC, Trinity Western, and Victoria. And on top of providing more games for all the teams involved to play, the two top schools of those three mentioned qualify for the Canadian University Championship. Corey should read the script and see what <laughs> the question yeah, is. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of funny that there's qualifying for the Canadian University Championship in this tournament that also includes a bunch of club teams. So I, I believe... It's they're only counting the games the three schools play against each other for the qualifying. Makes it was sense. it wasn't exactly clear, but that's what would make sense to me. Yeah, at least because it'd be weird if UBC didn't make the championships because of the other two schools <laughs> beating up a bunch of club teams. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. But I mean, hopefully UBC just wins all the games anyway, and we won't have to worry about that. Oh, Thunderbirds! Yes, we will now take a quick break for ads and PSAs. When we come back.
We'll talk some football as well as cross country and a couple other exhibition play. Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop is Vancouver's choicest destination for one-of-a-kind artist-made prints, posters, screen prints, riso prints, paintings, acrylic paintings, watercolor paintings, ceramic mugs, ceramic plates, ceramic bowls, ceramic pots, lapel pins, hats, toques, crochet bathing suits, jewelry, trinkets, knickknacks, hand-painted signs, curated thrift, and a bunch more stuff that won't fit in this designated block of airtime. Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop, located at 1636 Venables, just off commercial, open 11 to 6, six days a week. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Red Cap Records is an amazing artist-owned and operated record store. Shop from their diverse online music collection and get free shipping within Vancouver and the Lower Mainland with the purchase of two or more LPs. If you would like to further support them through the evolving COVID-19 crisis, you can do so by buying a gift card to use at a later date. Visit www.redcat.ca for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM. And now we're going to talk about the season debut for our UBC football team. Yes, the UBC Thunderbirds returned to the gridiron this past weekend, taking on the University of Alberta Golden Pandas for the first game in two years. It was not the return the Thunderbirds were hoping for, to say the least, as they lost 44-19. to With a lot of these teams, we've been saying, oh, the success has continued pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. <laughs> oh, no. With the football team, <laughs> the, <laughs> the bar being on the floor has also continued oh. to remain there. Um, anyway, <laughs> the, Thunder- <laughs> oh, the Thunderbirds started very slowly in this game, unable to get their offense going at all in the first half. They were down 20-1 to at halftime, and though they picked it up offensively after the break and cut the lead to 9 in the third quarter, they couldn't get any closer than that. Yeah, the play of rookie quarterback Garrett Rooker, despite the loss, was pretty good overall, considering especially that it was his first Canada West game. He completed 32 of his 45 passes throwing for 372 yards with two touchdowns and, uh, unfortunately, one interception. Uh, UBC's leading receiver and rusher were both also rookies. Uh, Running back Isaiah Knight led the way on the ground with 15 rushes for 76 yards, while receiver Jason Soriano starred with seven catches for 144 yards and both touchdowns. So rookies are looking great. Yeah, yeah, Jason Soriano, he's a speedster. I don't know if he still is, but when he entered UBC last year during the pandemic, he was a dual sport athlete, was also on the track team. So this guy this guy can run. Yeah, uh, I feel like also this could be a year overall with a lot of different sports of rookies having very strong rookie seasons, especially considering they had the past year to train with the team, get drilled and how they operate, have all the different facilities here at UBC and really 
get used to things before actually having their rookie season. Yeah, it'll be an interesting sort of dichotomy between what you said, getting that additional experience, working in a university environment, but also lacking sort of that veteran presence a lot of the time with so much turnover on the teams. So it'll be fun to see. Uh, Some of the final stats for this game, they look quite odd when compared to the final score. Despite the big loss, UBC actually finished the game with over 100 yards more in total offense. It was 459 to 352, and they had more time of possession. They had 35 minutes against 25 for the opponents. However, the Thunderbirds did turn it over twice, both times in their own half, while the Golden Pandas had zero turnovers, and the Thunderbirds took an incredible 22 penalties for 179 yards given up. 179? (laughs) 179 yards of penalties. Bro! (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) If you're wondering how Alberta managed to get so many more points despite having the ball less and getting fewer passing and rushing yards, that would help explain it when you're giving up nearly 200 yards of penalties in a single game. UBC's kicker for the game, Ben Kolb, he was also a rookie continuing the trend of uh, players making their Canada West debuts and having some big roles on this team. He did struggle a bit. He made one of his two field goal attempts, and bigger the bigger problem was that he only averaged 27.5 yards per punt, Ooh. which gave Alberta good field position on a few occasions, which again contributed to them being able to run up the score in relatively less time. Okay. So that, I mean, I appreciate all these explainers here because it seems like these problems are not super uh, ingrained or in the core of this team, right? A little bit of special teams issues, a little bit of disciplinary problems, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, well, like if our quarterback is playing well, our receivers and running backs are playing well, it doesn't sound like the defense played bad. Mm. Um, I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> the T-Birds home opener, it's this Friday at 7 o'clock. Uh, they're hosting the Saskatchewan Huskies, who are also 0-1 at Thunderbird Stadium. Uh, The records of the past season on the Thunderbirds website only go back to 2004, but since then, then, UBC has never started 0-2 in back-to-back football seasons. Well, we know how badly things started last year was 0-5, right? Yes. Before they finally won a couple games near the end of the season. But hopefully they're able to uh, get things going a little bit sooner than that this year, especially considering they only have six games this season. Yeah. Got to get going quickly. We'll transition to cross-country now for the first time in nearly two years. Our cross-country teams took to the track in Canada West action. This was in Victoria in the Vikes Invitational. What a great tournament. What a great place. (laughs) And both our men's and women's teams won the event. Yes. On the men's side, UBC's Thomas Knobs won the six-kilometer race with a time of 18 minutes and 12 seconds. It was Tyler Dozier who finished second behind him. And Spencer Hardy of UBC was fifth. Both him and Dozie were less than a minute behind Knobs, uh, rounding up that top five. Uh, then they did not win the women's race, but six of the top ten were from UBC, so they won in the team standings. They were led by Jamie Hennessy, who came third with a time of 21.50, and Mackenzie Campbell, who was just one second behind her. Yeah, all but one of the top 14 finishers in the women's race were from either UBC or UBC Okanagan. Always happy to give some kudos to our sister school. The exception was Caitlin Ayers, who is not a student. Well, we will happily claim all of UBC's Okanagan successes as (laughs) (laughs) tertiary tertiary successes for uh, us as well, except for when we beat them in different competitions. Then they're not part of us as well. Yeah. Uh, Next up in the Canada West Cross Crunchy Series is the Trinity Western Invitational. 
That'll take place on October 9th, so our runners have this weekend off. Now, before we wrap up, we'll quickly take a look at a couple of teams who took part in some more exhibition play, and that's men's hockey and softball. Uh, the second game of the Men's Hockey Captain's Cup was against Trinity Western, and despite outshooting their opponents, the Thunderbirds were actually down 2 to nothing going into the third period. Yeah, thankfully, they then scored three goals in the third to rally and win. Kyle McNabb scored twice, and Scott Atkinson got the winner. The Thunderbirds play again on Friday against VIU, Vancouver Island University. And then finally, the softball team again played a doubleheader at SFU. Again, we have no idea what happened in that game, but there's actually a reason for that. I reached out to the UBC softball Twitter account to ask them why there is absolutely no record of what was happening with these games. And they told me it's because of NAIA rules. If they kept a score for these games, it would count as official full exhibition games that would then be added to the team's overall standings for the spring season oh. in the NAIA. Mm-hmm. So they've made the decision of we Not- don't want to have these games count in the uh, spring season so we'll never know <laughs> what, what happens in these games so i'm curious they're not counting runs then are they counting other things are they counting <laughs> outs are they counting strikes or is this just a completely I'd, chaotic game of softball i'd imagine it's just like all lost into the ether forever <laughs> <laughs> i just want to see them like the pitcher you know running up like a seven nine count or something like that because they're like oh no we can't count strikes we can't count balls right we can't the count en- the score our game is just one at bat <laughs> <laughs> well, good practice for that person <laughs> well on saturday the softball team does have a big milestone as they take on sfu at the New Collings Field in Noel Park, the first time ever that the Thunderbirds are playing a home game here on campus. Yeah, and that's crazy to me, too. The team has been around for so long, and they've been playing the entire time out in Surrey, yep. having to commute there for all their games. And now, finally, there's a field actually here on campus that they can, that they can go play on. It's further south of Thunderbird Stadium. I believe it's actually around... West. Westbrook, I believe. Yeah, it's on Westbrook. Yeah. I believe it's around two kilometers from where we are right now, further south on Westbrook. And I guess that's kind of funny to be like, they're playing right here on campus, two kilometers away from where <laughs> we are. <laughs> it yeah. just shows how big the, the, the campus is. <laughs> nice little walk before the game. Get your steps in. Uh, before we head out here, folks, I'll just run through what we're doing as the Thunderbirds over the next week. Uh, women's field hockey is back. They're playing the University of Calgary. They're actually playing that game in Victoria, though. Um, women's soccer is playing UFE. Uh, football, as we mentioned, against the University of Saskatchewan. Men's soccer as well, playing the Cascades. Uh, both of the soccer matches will be in Abbotsford. Uh, women's field hockey on Saturday will be playing UVic in Victoria. Softball will have that exhibition against SFU. And the men's rugby team will play the Wave on Sunday. The field hockey team will again play Calgary. It's a continuation of the soccer series. Uh, Women's rugby plays the University of Calgary. And women's field hockey will also play a second game on that day against UVic. So they have quite a busy weekend. And then come Monday and Tuesday, as we talked about the Canada West Golf Championships for the men's and women's teams. That's what we got this week. Yeah, the field hockey is because they've changed the setup of the season where they're they're having a bunch of isolated mini tournament plays where all three teams will gather at one site and they'll play each other a couple times on the weekend. I know this because someone who sits next to me in one of my English classes is a member of the women's field hockey oh, team. No way. And I only found this out because on Monday in our class, 
I've been assigned to do a mini group presentation with them and they said they won't be able to be there for it because they're on the field hockey team and they'll be in Victoria. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so that was a fun way to find out that there's a UBC athlete there in my class. Yeah. One of my fellow RAs working in Marine Drive Residence is also on the women's field hockey team. So connections everywhere. <laughs> wow, look at us. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is The Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Diana Hong with contributions from Mike Liu. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.